Welcome to Jets Friday Frenzy with your host, uh, Krista from Jets Guru, the star of Jets Guru, actually. And hey. we've got Charmin from playlikeajet.com. And also, he's a co host of a great podcast called Lift Off, a Jets football podcast, if you want to check it out. And we also got a special guest today from north of the border, actually, our friend Phil, who's going to talk a little about gambling with us and some techniques maybe and try to help us out. Maybe he could help us win a few bucks this year, which would be cool. Absolutely. <laughs> so anyway, how's everybody doing? It's Friday night. <laughs> yeah, Fantastic. it's Friday night. It's time to relax. That's what it is. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a hell of a week for me. So I'm taking it. Hey, especially the last 24 hours with all the rain. I think uh, we need a break, right? Oh, Peter. <laughs> Oh Phil, yeah. I that? thought I was getting I thought I was gonna get I was gonna drown on my way home yesterday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's ridiculous uh-huh. on especially on the yeah. FDR. I was like, what's going on? Yeah, it was bad. How, how, yeah. Phil, did you get any of this rain or no? Yeah, the last two days actually have been like 15, 16, where you had to wear a sweater, almost a tube. Wow. Ooh. Today was the first day we got back into the twenties, thank the Lord. That's okay. crazy. <laughs> well, yeah, it, it did rain quite a bit two days ago. I think we got about 20 millimeters. So, yeah, we almost need to build Noah's Ark up here in the north. <laughs> <laughs> so, listen, it's been, a, it's, it's been a quiet couple of weeks, you know, for the Jets and for the NFL in general. So, we don't have that much. But this week, uh, PFF <sighs> came out, I believe, with some pretty bad uh, oh, article. They, they were ranking – each team's worst draft pick of the last 15 years. And they said the Jets' worst draft pick of the last 15 years would, was Mark Sanchez. <laughs> I'm sorry, but as you know, as the old expression goes, the Jets said, hold my ear. <laughs> I got <laughs> more than Mark Sanchez and much worse. So what do you guys think of that? Hey, man, listen, before you guys even continue, the justification – behind choosing Mark Sanchez was the funniest thing to me. It was like, well, they paid him $50 million and he did nothing. Huh? (laughs) (laughs) Nothing? Really? Yeah. Okay. Whatever. I I don't know about nothing. I mean, (laughs) I mean, I mean, I mean, without the guy, I don't care if you want to say the defense was the one or whatever, but without him on the team, we wouldn't have back-to-back appearances in the playoffs mm-hmm. in the last what? What was there, is that in the last 15, 20 years? Yep. Yep. <laughs> oh, back-to-back, really? Back-to-back championship games. Yep. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right, Chris. Great point. I I, I kind of just left that out just to be sound like I'm dumb because that's what these people think we are as Jets fans. And you know what? You've got to be stupid. He played in six playoff games and he was four and two. How many other quarterbacks could say they have a winning record in the playoffs, let alone, you know, make it to two uh, AFC championship games? And those wins on the road, too, right? Like, he didn't do that at home. He had to do that on the road. And he did it up in Foxborough. Like, that's right. Mm -hmm. I was impressed. Like, when I saw that in Foxborough, you know, the point, he did the old point there. To the wide receiver to the corner, and yeah. Uh, I just shook my head. Yeah, what's like, that kid? Yeah, what's that kid's name? The, the wide receiver, um, used to play for the Browns, big kid. Oh, oh man, was, um, 
Krista, help me out here. Bra Braylon Edwards? Braylon, Braylon Edwards. There you go. There you go. That's what it was. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah, I got I mean, uh, they, they were on the verge, fellas, <laughs> ladies. They, they were. I was just. I'm watching it, and I'm like, "This is it!" Like there was a point, you know, against Tom Brady in Foxborough. I was like, "Who does that?" Gets <laughs> it, and then because I figured, I'm like, if he throws that ball, you know, ten yards over his head, it's gonna be embarrassing. But that whole, that whole, those whole two years were fun to watch because I'm big on defense, and to watch that Definitely. performance and Ugh. so the, good, it, I mean, it was impressive. It's pretty sad though. We've had really bad, really, really, really oh bad my gosh. first round draft. I mean, bad like they did nothing for us. This guy, yeah, only two good years. We we, we get that, but they were two really, really, really good years. After that, yeah, the rest garbage, right? The butt fumble, obviously, everybody's gonna remember that. They don't remember the two good years. That's but, probably why Pro Football Focus honestly ranked Mark Sanchez. They probably saw one play, they saw the butt fumble. Whoever decides to write this article, like, yeah, that's the worst jet, the butt fumble, because that's the worst play I've seen. It was embarrassing. But you know what? Let's pretend Quentin Copples didn't exist. Let's pretend Calvin Pryor didn't exist. Let's pretend D. Miller doesn't didn't exist. And let's pretend Mike McCagan did not draft Christian Hackenberg in the second round, where we all almost wanted to throw our TVs out the window when they were all. <laughs> better players that could have been taken the second round. I don't know what pro football focus thinks half the time. I have a whole rant on that, and I'm not going to spoil it on this series because I really okay. feel like bashing them. But all I have to say with pro football focus is I their acronym should they should probably say, instead of pro football focus they should probably change their title to probably fucking fried because that's how I feel reading after their article. Oh, I like that. That's well said. That's wow. well said. I like that. Mm. <laughs> That's a good preview mm. for uh, Krista's two-minute mm. boy. Yeah. Get a little, like, uh, all of us can sit here, you know, and look at it and yeah. say, well, what about Quentin? There was Quentin Coles. There was Vernon Golston. Like, the only thing that guy did yeah. that was impressive Sheesh. was his last yeah. video when he was getting in a fight. It's the most impressive thing oh, I've yeah. seen from that man. Like, give me a break. Right. That was the most fight I've seen him do. He's in more corners of fight in that video than I've seen in the football field. I said, yep. where was he? That was, that was the most heart you'll ever see from that guy. <laughs> it was bad. So, all right. So we'll, it, it, it's just funny. It's just funny that you see how Krista, just off the top of her head, as a Jets fan, reeling out these names over and over and over and over again. That guy or whoever wrote that article, you have no Jets fan friends. Nobody, <laughs> not even acquaintance. Nobody to help you out right. at all. Really? They just wrote it I mean, from what they like to see. They like to see us just ranting on them, eh? And just that's probably what it is. You're right. You know, they, 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 they. What, what's the term that the youngins use nowadays? Uh, uh, they gaslighting us, something like that. <laughs> yeah, I'm so out of touch. Probably with these generations oh, that's millennials. And me too. I, I. That, but that's what I think it is. It means anyway. But there we go. <laughs> yeah all right so we're gonna leave the rest for krista to hit on the uh in oh. a warning for that and it was announced this week not that it was anything jet related but it was a little nfl related that the cowboys were gonna are gonna be picked to be on hard knocks on hbo and i believe it's for the third time for them which kind of sucks i mean i love the show I, i'm gonna watch it anyway i just wish it was a different team other than the cowboys because you know, just like everybody else, the Cowboys make me sick anyway. But uh, what are you guys' thoughts on it? It should be interesting, but well, what do you guys think about that? Do you watch it? Are you going to watch it? 
for me, full disclosure, I watched the when the Jets were on there, and then I really didn't tune in much. But it, it is, it is, it was interesting to see behind the scenes stuff that went on there. You yeah, know, it's all obviously propped up a little bit, but overall, it was it was okay. Yeah, I mean, because I love football and I love the behind the scenes stuff, and I love just the interaction between coaches and players and all that stuff. I'm, 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 I'm really in love with the whole thing. So anything football, I will watch. That does not mean I won't have moments that I'll be gagging because of the, it's the damn Cowboys. I will, I will gag a few times. I'm just telling yeah. you right now and, and maybe throw up a little in my mouth, but I'm just saying, yeah. Well, it could you know be worse. I'm... You could be watching the Patriots on Hard Knocks and watching ah, Belichick you know and monotone. That's, that's true. I don't want to watch that. personality. I mean, the thing we're probably going to watch a lot of, it'll probably, you know, they're probably going to focus on Prescott, you know, his recovery from the ankle injury. So yes. not so bad. I Prescott's not a bad dude. You know, I don't mind it. Um, but there is a lot of, like, question marks on that team that was so bad on defense last year. Um, and without Prescott, the offense was going nowhere. So this year, it's if he comes back, the offense should be better. A lot of people are picking um, what's his name, Ceedee Lamb, to break out to be like the big breakout player this year, which makes sense. But we will see. Hey, you see, this is this is the thing, right? You have an ultra talented team on offense, mm-hmm. um, on paper. That uh, I think. There's a conversation to be had about how good, really good that offensive line is. <laughs> I don't know why everybody's just, you know, acting like it's something that, hey, man, you know, it's all good. When probably the two of their best players are probably not in their prime anymore. Correct me if I'm wrong on that offensive line. Right. And like you mm-hmm. said, the defense, uh, can can I entertain you guys in a non-existent uh, I mean, you was literally bad. imagine scoring, imagine averaging. What were they averaging at some point? 30 something points a game or whatever. Yeah. And they were losing games. I mean, right. it makes absolutely <laughs> no sense. Yeah. You know, and full disclosure so, from a betting perspective and talking about the NFC East, I, I've already dabbled in the Redskins or, uh, sorry, the Washington football team. I've already dabbled yeah. on them to win the division. That that defense and the way they're shaping up in the off season they had. There's not very many people talking about it, but they quietly had a great off season. And I, I think yes, they won the division. You look at their schedule, all four teams. Like it, you know, you're you're telling. I got it back in April when the odds came out, like around the draft time, and it was like plus three ten. You know, you put a hundred bucks down, you're going to win three hundred bucks plus your wager back. I had to, I had to take it down. Yeah, that's that. not bad. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think for me. I don't think the Cowboys are going to win it. Washington or my, you know, I. I think that, uh, the Giants are going to be a better team too. I, yeah. What's his name? The Eagles, the Eagles will be the worst for sure. Yeah, I, yeah, and I most you know, most likely that's what it is. He's the one that has to step up for the Giants. If he steps up, then they're going to be right with Washington and Dallas. Like, like we were saying, I can't see the defense going from what they were last year to anything decent. You know, they did get uh, Quinn for a defensive coordinator. So that should help, but I can't see them improving that much. Yeah, you're alleviating the head coaching duties from Quinn. He might be uh, 
might be a little better this time around. The defense should get better, but they, they didn't do enough to really shore that up. And I think it's going to be exposed no. this year. Like Dallas got oh, yeah. to score 40 points a game to outscore people. And that's a lot of pressure to put on a quarterback yeah. that came off a major injury. So I agree. Yeah. That's why I think, I think, I think all we're saying, I think uh, we're kind of sounding the alarms here. Um, of all the teams you could choose in the in, in the NFL right now that have so many good great things going for them that's probably one of the worst teams to choose to have that show I'm sorry that's that's just yeah. an opinion my opinion it's true I I think it's just because it's the Cowboys you know yep. they're still yeah. considered America's team blah 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 all that crap but you know I would have loved to have seen a different team uh I would have loved to see the Browns again. The Browns were a couple of years ago. I would love to see them this year because I think the Browns are that team that's right there, you know? Yeah. Uh, maybe even I, Buffalo. I'm confused. I'm confused with this, guys. Being north of the board is America's team thing. They haven't been relevant since the 90s. <laughs> I like, agree. We're, we're, no, we all I, feel the same way. We all feel the same I way. totally agree. Yeah, but, we all. Yeah. You know, like, just because count. you won some Super Bowls in the 90s and you've been non-existent for a couple of decades doesn't mean you're yeah. still America's team. It, I find it – Yep. You know what it is? They're still on. They still get their national TV. You know, they still get the the Sunday night game all the time or the Thursday night. They still get Thanksgiving Day. So <clears throat> it is what it is. You know, uh, like you said, they haven't been relevant since the 90s. What do they have? I think one playoff win since then, right? I think. I think so. I'm not it, it's been atrocious. And, like, let's yeah. talk about that, th- that uh, Thanksgiving slate. This is getting ridiculous. Like, I'm tired of watching teams that are completely irrelevant. Like right. the Bears, oh, Detroit. The like, why do they have to keep playing on Thanksgiving when it's a national holiday for you guys? It should be prime time games. Like, give me something exciting, right? Like, I hate Tom Brady. Everyone does, but you know what? It's exciting to watch the Bucks. They score a lot of points. Yeah. Whoever they play, it's exciting. Oh, it'd be great. I don't want to watch the Lions. I don't care. The Lions are, are atrocious. Yeah, I. You yeah. know what? The story behind Thursday night, uh, Thanksgiving, is years ago. Whenever it started. The NFL decided to say, "All right, let's put a, uh, a Thanksgiving Day game on, you know, on TV to kind of help, uh, you know, the net, the the league out." And they asked every team; nobody wanted to do it. Detroit came forward and says, "Oh, we'll do it." So now they get it every year for that. And then when they added another team, they asked around, and the the team that said they would do it is Dallas. So Dallas and Detroit get the. Um, uh, the first choice if they want it or not. So obviously they're going to take it because they're on, you know, they're the only game in town. So they're, they're going to, Detroit's going to take it, unfortunately, every, you know, every shot they get. You know, it's their only time they're probably going to get national exposure, right? Dallas gets it, you know, all the time, no matter what. So, but that's the reason why they're on, unfortunately. It sucks. That's that's, that's pretty, interesting. Uh, pretty interesting. Yeah, that's pretty interesting in my opinion. Um, yeah, but I, I agree. I agree for our friend here. Um, it, it, I mean, no, no, I mean, we, we were thinking that we're the only ones, even right here, that just don't understand why the Cowboys are always on television. Um, but I guess everybody, even people that don't live here yeah. in America, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, all right, the next thing, uh, this one. Uh, came about this. Zach Wilson is Ooh. willing to pay his mom to get off Instagram because of a lot of people are saying not nice things to his mom. His mom is very big on Instagram. 
Krista might be the best person to talk to about this. So, oh. Krista, you could probably discuss this a little more. And why is that? I don't I know. Have a, no, I we have. Very, I don't have the slightest idea, right, Krista? <laughs> I have a very controversial take on this. I honestly feel this is just my opinion. Please don't go run into into anything. I have no sources. I personally think the Jets told Zach Wilson to say, "Hey." Can you do something to uh, get your mom to calm it down a little bit? And I think, and I think Zach Wilson's like, yeah, sure, you know. And I think in the back of his head, it's like you know how uh, parents could be and how that son, mom could be, and he's like, okay, I, I need her to just tone it down a little bit. So I think he was like, okay, mom, can you tone it down? You're kind of a embarrassing me a little bit and, I, and i'm sure that and i'm sure zach wilson is used to his mom at this point i mean she had a pretty big following before the draft so this isn't anything new i think the reason why it's coming out now is because she's in new york and she's you know the family's all mormon so whenever she t tells us and her morning inspiration not to be a dick today new yorkers are like oh whoa 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 you're mormon you can't be doing this or saying this kind of stuff honestly for me, I kind of I kind of like her inspirational post to tell me not to be a dick today. I find it funny. I find it motivating to not be a dick today. I I, I like them, but people run them. They run. They run. They run away with it because there's nothing to talk about during the off season. Yeah, people uh, retweeting, reposting, whatever's going on. Cause there's nothing to talk about. And uh, she's also a really good looking mom. I know. I'm just saying that. Because she does, I, and you I hadn't recognized it all. Attention. <laughs> she's getting that I, unwarranted I, attention. So, <laughs> unfortunately, when you're in New York spotlight, it's different from Utah. And uh, unfortunately, like we all talk about, like this is the kind of stuff that's gonna get her more noticed. And, uh, I, that, and I think that's just her personality. Honestly. By the way, by the way, Krista, I'm a New York driver, and I took that. I took offense to the whole "don't be addicted." I can't. I'm I'm naturally <laughs> as a New York driver. I'm addicted. I'm sorry. It's just and how it is. What? So am I. So am I. I'm real. And when I'm real, people there you go. Addicted. You know what? I'm a very real person. I tell how it is, and some sometimes it comes off of me being a dick. But you know what? Can't hide it. <laughs> That's just, how it should just, be. Just Society be is too sensitive, guys. We're way too sensitive in this society <laughs> yeah. now. It's just a complete so. joke. <laughs> right. I used to work and, in the correctional system, and like people would just, they would just fold like a cheap lawn chair if they had to work in there. Like they have no idea. It's so cheap I, lawn you know chair. I, I like it. But my mm -hmm. thing is, I think I think Zach Wilson's mom wants to get her own reality show. I think that's what she's she's yeah. like pushing for. You know, I think she wants to be on. E or whatever, whatever channel wants to take her, but I think that's what she's aiming for. She's out there, you know, mm -hmm. she's pushing herself out there. So, you know what? For that sense, good for her. I really don't care. But as long as it doesn't interfere with, with him or the team, exactly. she can do whatever the hell she wants. It's a free world, it's, it's America, whatever. So, God bless her. I, you know what? I, I agree, yeah. Chris. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know what? I, to tell you the truth, in, in reality, I, I've seen the lady around and seen the things that she wrote. Um, I don't think it's that interesting. I don't, I really didn't pull my attention that much. I don't think, I think people are just making too much of this stuff. I'm, I don't concentrate yeah. on what people, you know, I don't think it's that controversial that she has a following. Exactly. Everybody does this stuff. 
you know, there's I don't understand what what's so you know crazy about her wanting attention. It, I thought I thought that was what the deal was nowadays. Everybody wanted wants attention. I I don't know. <laughs> what's the big deal? Leave her alone. Exactly. It's as simple as that. Exactly. And I ignore think. ignore what she says. Because I don't think in who is she and what does her opinion of anything matter? What does that matter in reality? No, her <laughs> son, her son plays football for the New York Jets. If he wins yep. the Jets, if he wins the wait, before I say any other words, if he wins <laughs> a one playoff game for the Jets, I will be happy. Right. Mm -hmm. Just stay out of the football end of it. That's all. You could do your thing, be your whatever you're doing, but just stay out of the football. Stay out of our business. That's all. That's all we're saying. So anyway, speaking of business, all right. So Phil is going to give us a, a little class here, a little beginner's class on gambling. Um, like, here, use Krista because Krista's probably never gambled, right? Mm -mm. Okay. And she has the capability of doing it because she lives in a state that allows Actually, it. So, Yep. Right. So <laughs> definitely talk to her on this one to kind of help her get started. Yeah. So I guess <coughs> I'll start. Uh, you know, we'll start. We'll we'll start with some rec books here and where you might want to place some action, right? Because you're you're looking to find mm -hmm. a book that's reliable. It's gonna pay. It's not gonna juice your odds to the point where you can't bet anymore because you're paying minus one thirty to win a hundred dollars, right? Because that's what will happen. You'll notice that if you do any online books, there are certain rec books. Like I'll give you an example here. William Hill, absolutely atrocious. No one should ever bet into there, even giving them a cent. The problem is you start betting into there. As soon as they start noticing, all their algorithms just tell them, right? It says this better. Here's a betting profile. They're now hitting at 55%. All of a sudden, you'll go to make a wager one day, and it'll cut it down. So instead of betting 100 bucks, it might accept 50 bucks from you. Wow. And then, and then the next day you go, if you start losing, and then you go to bet $100 next weekend for Sunday night football, all of a sudden you got 100 bucks. now you can bet. And then it just keeps mm. deteriorating, deteriorating to the point where you get down to $10 they allow you to wager, $20 maybe. So some of these books you wow. just got to stay away from. Uh, William Hill, Bet Online's okay. Bet365 is so-so. They'll do the same thing. Uh, I put a wager in there, for example, for the, the draft, and it had to go through four days of being approved through an actual, um, what do they call them? Basically, they call them the people behind the scenes, right, that are booking the action and the traders, and they review your action. It took four days to get it approved. Oh, my so gosh. So a lot of these books, wow. like here in Canada, we have Bodog. I'm not sure if you guys have access to that one. That's another garbage one. I didn't even last a month, and I was only up $2,000. Like I'm not a huge, huge better by any means, but like making two grand and then now I'm limited from, you know, betting dimes and, and nickels to down to a hundred bucks. It's just absolutely ridiculous. Some wow. of the sharp, some of the sharper ones where if you bet into, they'll never close your account. They're taking clients that have, you know, a substantial bankroll, but like, you know, bet Chris is a good one. That's actually a good one to follow for the lions. You'll see them as soon as they're posted on Sunday night, they get hit immediately. There's people taking sides or shaping the market. And then by the time Monday morning rolls around, you might have lost a half point, hmm. for example. Um, just some general terms. I guess everyone knows the vague, the juice, they're all the same. Basically, vague and juice is just what do you need? What does the book take as their percentage cut? So if I want to wager 100 bucks, 
on, let's say, the Jets to cover the four and a half on opening day. I'm going to have to wager $110 to win 100 And the books take is the hundred is the $10, right, per bet. That's how right. they make their money. And then if you lose, they're getting 110 Right. Um, what else we got here? Chalk. There's another one. So the chalk is basically the favorite. And that's just basically where the public goes. Because you've got you'll, – you'll notice – one of the good books is covers. If you go to covers.com, they're actually a good column where they explain things really well for beginner betters. They have uh, uh, forums where you can go into and be part of a chat room. There's articles they write. It's pretty good if you're a beginner. It'll tell you um, exactly what chalk is, wise guys, sharp guys. So, you know, like wise guys, sharp guys, they're basically the people that make a living doing this. And they're the ones that actually move the line. Like we might see the Jets at four and a half. And then by the time Sunday rolls around, the Jets might be a three-point underdog. And then, you know, as we go along here, I can get into more depth about what the points mean, difference between three and four and seven, all the key numbers. But I'll just try and keep it basic for everyone so they kind of follow along and they don't get lost too much. Right. Uh, basically, if you're betting at 100 minus 110 with a big, you got to hit at 52.4% just to break even. And you won't make a profit, but you'll break even. So it's contrary to what people think, like I just need to win half my bets and I should get my money back. You won't because unless you're betting uh, underdogs where it's like plus 110 or plus 120, you, you got to hit at 52.4%. So that's why the, the value of shopping around, looking for different books, like you shouldn't have all your money in one sports book. Like I think you guys have access to like DraftKings, right? You yeah. Guys can yes. do, you, mm -hmm. DraftKings, that's another rec book. They'll eliminate a sharp like probably within a week they'll be they'll be limited they won't even be able to play in it because they're winning they're winning players right they don't want to welcome winning players they'll never say that but that's exactly what they do it's <laughs> so like DraftKings is an example uh, you might be good in there for a while props are hard if you get into the prop market very tough very tough because once you start winning in the prop market it's the margins are getting closer it's harder to make money in props but it's an inefficient market still it's getting tighter it's getting more efficient but you when it when those lines get posted some of the players are off by 10 15 yards sometimes and that's a big difference when you're making a bet right yeah. um what else do we got here so a couple of terms like uh buying points so let's say the jets are favored by uh or their dogs by two and a half points they're underdogs but you know, in football, three is a very key number. It's very important. I could talk about another show, but just for talk's sake, three is a key number. So if your team's an underdog by two and a half, sometimes it's worth it to buy the extra point. So some sports books will allow you to click. You just go down, you can buy a half point, you can buy a point. You buy a half point sometimes instead of minus 110, it might be minus 120. Oof, so you got it. So if, it right? Yeah, if, you, if you're buying points, <laughs> You got you to really hit those. I, I wouldn't recommend it too often. Um, I already went over the, the the sharp rec and sharp books. Bookies are probably one of the best ways to go because they're not they're not efficient, right, for the most part. Like you call up your bookie on Monday and be like, when are you posting the lines? If they post the lines on Wednesday and they don't update them till Sunday morning, that's a great bookie to go to. Because they're not monitoring the sharp market. They're not monitoring where the lines are moving. So you can hit lines at moved a point point and a half and you're getting the better of the number and that's mm -hmm. into my other point about the closing line you always want to beat the closing line so let's say you nail the jets at four and a half but then it closes at four three and a half or three and the jets lose by four 
well, you got in at four and a half, so you won your bet while the majority of people were just chasing. Right. Just, mm. All of a sudden, they just saw a whole bunch of sharp action come in, wise guys' money come in, and they say to themselves, yeah, I'm just going to follow it, right? It has to be right. And a lot of times when you do that, it's a fake, right? The, the wise mm. guys are trying to bring it down to three, and then they're going to arbitrage and go back on the other side to get it on, on the upswing at three. And then they might be back on Carolina at three, but they got the Jets at four and a half. So if the Jets lose by four, guess who wins both wagers? Mm. So there's a lot of that stuff. It's hard. I, I still have a hard time picking out head fakes out there and what's an actual, is it just sharp guys, you know, like extremely sharp individuals just setting up the lines to way they need them. And then they're hitting them the other way. So you got to watch out for that. But for the most part, uh, you, you got to beat the closing line. If you notice you're placing bets and the line moves the opposite way, let's say you pick them at three and then that team is only favored by one while well, you miss the best part of the line, right? Because you're going through key mm. numbers there. Right. So, so it's important to monitor that and check when you place your wager. If you're looking for more informed bets, just check when the game starts or when it's over. Just take a look back at the line and see what it closed at. And if you beat that closing line, even though you may have even lost the wager, you were on the right side because it tells you that's where all the professional money was, right? If they're going, if the line right, came back moves, down, you know, the other way. that's right. That's right. What are your uh, what, what are your thoughts on on playing teasers? Teasers, I am. I, I'm kind of in the middle on that, right? Like the only time I hit a teaser is on Sunday nights when I'm looking at the lines, and if I see some inefficient lines out there, like the Jets at four and a half, yeah, I'll tease the six there all day. Because I'm going through six, I'm going through seven, which is another key number. Eight actually mm -hmm. becomes somewhat of a key number because of the extra point, right? So mm -hmm. when certain teams play, like Pittsburgh is super aggressive. They go for two a lot. So yes. that, so yeah. now minus minus eight used to be it was it was no one cared about it because they were just kicking extra points, right? But now that there's the two points are involved, right. eight becomes important, and then you blow through nine is not is irrelevant, and then once you hit ten. It's another secondary key number. So if I get Jets at four and a half and I hit that teaser and it takes me to ten and a half, you're getting a tremendous amount of value there, right? Right. And then I'll pair it up. I'll look for something else. I might even hit a total. So what I'll do is I'll check the weather. And 20 miles an hour is very important in football because that's where the totals will be affected. As soon as you see 20 miles an hour for the weekend, you're going to see the, the total is going to move. It's going to go up. It's going to go up or it's going to come down, sorry. And then if all of a sudden the wind disappears by kickoff, it's going to get hit the other way. Go, go back up. Yeah. So if I see that there's basically terrible weather, rain and whatever else and, and wind is mixed in there, I'll hit that total on the under and I'll take, if it's at 47, I'll take the six points and give me 55 in the under. Right. Cause, right. and I'll touch, I'll touch on the totals at another time too, how there's key numbers and totals and you want to make sure you're within those. And if you, if you miss a bet, it's okay. Because the books take all the action. You don't have to take all, you don't have to bet every game. You just pick mm. the ones that you like and you watch right. them. That's and then when you thing. get the number that you think is, is good for you, is good value, then you hit it. The books, unfortunately, have to take action from everywhere. So they're the traders are pretty busy, right, on game day. They're trying to balance the books to make sure there's liability on both sides. Hmm. And it's, it's pretty interesting um, listening to this stuff because um, – just what you just just a small amount of stuff you just said just kind of uh pointed out the reasoning behind the slow moves towards more and more gambling being made available throughout football because it, it i mean you just can't miss i mean there's so much money to be made here 
that it's almost impossible to walk away from <laughs> lost <laughs> from the yeah it's almost impossible for any organization to walk away and say well we don't want anything to do with this i mean come well, on absolutely man. absolutely and yeah. like my last talking point was uh talking about bankroll management that's extremely important when you're starting and betting without emotion like i don't i don't bet on the jets because i'm like i'm a jet fan and they have to cover that spread I bet on it because I'm looking for key matchups. I'm looking at the defensive line versus the offensive line. To me, that's the biggest, biggest advantage in that game. And there's no way the Jets, that line should have blew through the key at three and four. I don't know why it's mm. at four and a half right now. It may just be the Sharps too, pushing it up. And then they're just going to hammer it the other way, right? Um, yeah, it's going to come down to over on three. Yeah, there's no, Carolina has no business being that big of a favorite. And I, and I could actually make the argument that it should be a pick em. To zero, wow. like it's n- neither team should be favorite, right? Like, yeah. I'm not that bullish on. I'm bullish on the Jets. I'm just saying, like that this particular matchup doesn't warrant a four and a half point swing. <laughs> well, so. the, the the home team don't they automatically get three points, right? Or is that still or is that out now? I remember it, that it, it just it depends on the home crowd advantage, right? And I'll get into that as well. There's you don't want to get into too much data mining where you're just so focused in analytics and the stats that. You just lose yourself. You get so much into it, and then all of a sudden, the line—you know—the line that you're just looking at—it's gone. Or you've done so much homework, and it's too much, and you've information overloaded yourself, and then you've painted yourself into a corner where it's like, "Well, I've talked myself into this now." All the analytics say this has to happen, right? You got, there's got to be a fine balance. You got to balance the analytics, and then you got to balance what your eyes tell you on the tape. Like when I go back and watch a team that played the week before. I'm watching for trending metrics. Right? I'm watching for mm. progression. Is the team going mm. in the right direction? I don't care what they did mm. week one, but it's week seven. I want to know what they did the previous four weeks and where they're projected to go. Right. So, and that includes the Jets, right? When you're betting, like you just, you got to take emotion out of it. And a lot of people have a hard time doing that, including myself yeah. when I started, because I just didn't want to believe that, you know, the Jets are like last year. For so many games, there were 14 point underdogs. And a couple of my buddies were like, well, you got to hit the Jets. Like, that's two touchdowns. I'm like, yeah, but, like, they're terrible. There's right. a reason why it's sitting at 14. Like, right. They're not going to cover it, trust me. <laughs> exactly. You know. A lot of times they never even covered. So <laughs> it, it's it's tough. It's a fine balancing act, to say the well, least. I'll be honest. Whenever I gambled, I never, never bet on my team. Because I just – there was too much. Yeah. Like you said, your heart is in it too much. And I, I, I could never do it. You know, and, and if I thought the other way, like you said, oh, they're not covering the 14. I still wouldn't bet on them to cover the, you know, to to get blown out. You know, I just, either way. It, I it's just, hard because it, it, your cloud, your judgment is clouded, right? It does. Like it my, does. mine is too. So I, like whenever I'm looking at the Jets game, when I hit that four, I really had, I did some extra homework there just to make sure because I didn't want my mm-hmm. bias to kick in and say, well, that's just ridiculous. <laughs> who, who needs four points, right? Like, right. So. Yeah. Right. That, that, that was a great point you made about about the Carolina line, because uh, last time I checked, Carolina's defense was not that good last year. I mean, and what and what what have they done to upgrade that defense? Am I like, you know, I mean, I mean, I love that one safety they have. Love the kid. Um, I forget his oh, name. Oh, Jeremy Chin. Chin. Oh man, one of my favorite players coming out. Uh, his year, his rookie year. Definitely love them. And that one pass rusher they have, that they that they drafted, uh, I think oh, I think right? I think some I think people were arguing that we should have taken him over Quinn and uh, something like that. Did, 
yeah. didn't they draft uh, Gross Matos? Or is that another yes. team I'm thinking of? I thought they took. I, thought um, they I took think Gross I think they Matos. did. I think they did. Yeah. Oh, and yeah, I and I yeah. and I and I liked him, but I think it's gonna take a little while before he becomes that scary dude. I don't think well, I, they're, I, full, I, they're I full think. of rookies over there too. Eh? Like they're only going exactly. into the second season, and like Carolina is yep. not some team that deserves to be uh, deserves to be holding those amount of points. You know, favorites over the Jets. That's, so we'll see it, how it goes. It'll be, it'll be nice to break this matchup down once we get closer and you know really dig into the X's and O's because it's I think there's some pretty big mismatches there. And let's remind yes. ourselves who is their quarterback now. So that's your oh, God. <laughs> And that's the thing, right? Like he's mistake prone. He has been right. Like, say what you will about the coaching and everything, but he does throw those passes where you just shake your head. Like what's he doing? And right. if you're a team that's favored by four points or more and your quarterback throws that pivotal one in his own end. And then the other team gets a, a garbage touchdown that could easily cover the four points. No problem. Let, let's, let's talk. Well, well, since we kind of dabbled in the X and O's a little bit, talk about those, that coaching staff and the kind of offense that they, they, they ran where there is a little bit more um uh they they really concentrate on throwing the ball and whoever the quarterback is in that offense you have to be ultra accurate right um i mean that's the kind of offense they ran they, correct me if i'm wrong that's yeah brady um, he, he, he spread right. it out at he lsu does, right that's what he did right he lsu right and that's and isn't isn't that offense a kind of a derivative of what the saints used to do Kind of, that's what it is, right? There, there is an there is an extension of what the Saints are doing there right. for sure, and like they're, they're going to spread the Jets out, right? That's that's one of my concerns when I was before I placed the bet was we're we're a little thin on corner. We don't know exactly what we have back there. Like I like Bryce Hall and some of the other guys that are there, but at the in the end of the day, they're spreading you out all day, and then you've got McCaffrey out of the backfield. Like someone's got to pick him up, and mm -hmm. C.J. Mosley can't cover everybody, and that's the problem, right? So. <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see, but yeah, well, I, I am I am concerned about them just spreading it out and just chucking it everywhere and making the Jets cover, right? Well, so that's also the that, pass rush. But that's also the issue, though. You're asking a quarterback that has never really been consistently accurate to do that, consistently throw the ball over and over accurately. Um, he's never been good at that. I I I still I didn't think I thought. A play action kind of offense would fit him more than an offense where he's asked to throw the ball accurately over and over, even if it's a spread offense. Um, I, I would have an issue with him throwing the ball five, six times in a row, where he would he would probably make two throws where you would be like, oh my god, but the two throws after that would be, you know. So that that's that's my that's the thing. Unless he just all of a sudden, you know, woke up and he was a different guy. I don't know. <laughs> And yeah, you know I don't know. Like, you can't count Joe Brady out either, right? Like that guy, what he's about to Burrow. So, it's it's going to be an adjustment period for sure. I, to be honest with you, I don't know who's going to cover Elijah Moore in the slot. The more I watch that guy, the more impressed I am. I, I'm not sure on Carolina who they have to cover that guy. So just he, maybe Slant uh, City all day, and I'm fine with that. You want to nickel and dime them all the way to the end zone? I don't care. Hey, that's West Coast for you. That's the West Coast offense, and and and. But I, but I think the Jets are going to run the ball more, and that's going to be an issue for Carolina because I don't think Carolina would is. I think they would be better at stopping you if you're going to line up and throw the ball because I think their pass rush is better than if you would line up and want to run the ball against them. 
and that's to me on that side the Jets have a strong a stronger um or they that's their strength in my opinion you're talking about um our two le uh, our left and our right tackle um and you're talking about what Elijah Moore could do and and in my opinion all of a sudden you give Elijah um you give uh, McGovern an, an uh, a scheme that works exactly how he were he worked when he was in Broncos and he was one of the better uh, centers in the league. So, like, I can't, I'm going to tell you guys, I am ecstatic to watch Elijah Vera Tucker and Makai yes. Beckton running yeah. out as mm. Michael Carter. I don't even care. I don't even care who carries the ball. You know, all of us could carry the ball and we'd have success. Like, those holes <laughs> are going to be massive at times. Massive. Yes, sir. It's going to be exciting. Yes, it, yeah. it will be. definitely be good. Caroline, and you know what? Just getting back to them for a second, the only thing they really did in the draft was they drafted uh, J.C. Horn, the corner. After yeah. that, oh, they yeah. the next like three yeah. picks. So, um, yep. Yeah, he may be able to take care of Corey Davis, maybe, but as a rookie, you're asking a rookie to do a lot when you're talking about a guy that's established. So let, let's oh, say yeah. he just takes out Corey Davis, for example. Well, you know, who's going to step up and take care of Mims, more in the slot, Crowder on the – like there's a lot of – and I'm excited to see how Lafleur actually manages this offense, and you know, throws in some wrinkles that we haven't seen in two years that we don't think exist because Adam Gase was doing his thing. <sighs> <laughs> I know you yeah. love that name, Chris. So that's why I threw it in there. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Him and Frank Gore, my favorite. Uh, up the middle, oh, yeah. The yard. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. Next segment is going to be our favorite one, Charmin. Yay. Yes, sir. Some chalk talk. What do you got? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit of what we were just talking about. Um, uh, just to give you guys a preview of uh, my my newest article coming out. It's about the Jets' passing game and and passing game coordinator Greg Knapp, who was actually a pretty good quarterback in college and uh, and uh, had the pleasure of working directly under Steve Mariucci, who everyone knows literally learned from the god the god of the of the west coast offense uh bill walsh so we're we're um we're getting the the a direct descendant of what the west coast offense was uh back in the day but let's be real what the the there is principles in the west coast offense back then that still stand today but it's not really the same. There's been a lot of uh, uh, what do you say um, changes uh, that has that has come to it. Um, but it's still that same three-step drop, five-step drop thing going. Um, that's gonna be in there. Um, I think uh, Nap, Greg Nap, has evolved a lot um, over the years. Um, I, I mean, going through his record, I, I totally forgot the fact that he was uh, Michael Vick's. Uh, offensive coordinator and he was uh, was also jamarcus russell's offensive coordinator which was like each i mean uh, <laughs> the fact that you 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 did uh michael vick which was probably one of the more dangerous players we'd ever seen play football and uh one of the more laziest football players we had ever seen play football with in jamarcus russell was kind of incredible <laughs> um but but um just going through his history of trying he you just could see him almost like being a step ahead but it never really worked out he or his his uh his evolution or trying to evolve 
what he thought was the West Coast offense, trying it over and over again, trying it with uh, in in the Raiders with the Raiders twice, uh, trying it with uh, with Seattle where it failed, and it just constantly. But his marriage with that West Coast and that Shanahan zone wide zone scheme, I think that's where it kind of started blossoming it blossoming a little bit, and um, and we're seeing. I think uh, the new evolution of offense. Um, this is what offense is: a lot of movement, a lot of uh, uh, jet motion. Um, we're 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 as the as a jet um, as jet fans, we'll see real 2021 NFL offense instead of whatever the hell we had in the past. <laughs> so, crap. so, 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 just crap. So, so the, so we, so we're seeing again, um, Greg, uh, we'll see, uh, Michael LaFleur, um, with, with the new way of thinking of offenses and the way of, the new way of attacking defenses and the principles or the basic principles of the West coast, which would work, perfectly for a kid like Greg, with like Zach Wilson who again I think we've mentioned it so many times he's he's just the personification of quick he's uh, and and for you to run the the West Coast offense you have to be quick and it and between the scheme and him it's like a perfect a perfect marriage and and also um a lot of our coaches and what they stand for and what they're trying to do in my opinion is a perfect marriage so I can't wait to see what this new evolution of the West Coast offense is going to look like when you take an old school guy like Greg Knapp and then you take uh, Michael LaFleur, which is a brand new, new kind of scheme offense, and you put them together and let's see what, what, what they give birth to. But I think it's going to be something very interesting. That's good. So be on the lookout. Playlikeajet.com, and you can check out Charmin's article there coming soon. It's always a great read, so definitely check them out. Um, all right, next up, I got my trivia. This I'm going to say right now, it's more of a fact thing, so it's not going to be like – it's not going to be that hard. I shouldn't say it's not going to be that hard. It's just a fact thing. It's going to be more of a guessing, but I did, I did my background on this, so uh, we're going to go – we're going to talk about um, – Jersey numbers, right, for the Jets. Since Chris is wearing her new Elijah Moore jersey, mm-hmm. number eight, hey, baby. Talk about jerseys today. So, okay, pop, pop what, that collar, man. That's Woo. it. <laughs> <laughs> what number do you think was the least used by the Jets? Hmm. Seven. Not double, not double zero or zero. So. Seven. No. It's One. obvious. It's obvious. No. Think of an obvious number that you think would not have been used that much. It's not it's it's not the obvious one, it's the second most obvious one. Two. That's my okay, you, you're killing me. Yeah. Think. One? No. What number's been retired forever for the Jets? Twelve. Okay, that's not it. Oh. Think of think of <laughs> that was my guess. I thought it was that, oh, but man. I think three other guys used it before Joe Namath. Before mm. Joe Namath used it, eleven. Number, 
the number that was least used was only used by this guy first and then not used until later on. Was it 11? Nike, oh, Nike. No, not 11, but that was close. <laughs> Nine? No. <laughs> 10? Wow, I can't think of it. Yeah, Chris is, I mean, okay. we don't have a choice. All right, what's you another number that's retired for a long time? A long time jet. Wide receiver. Wesley Walker? No, that Joe Namath played for that played with. Oh, Druid with? Oh wow. No. Um Don Maynard? Yes, Krista. Very oh, good. Well, yeah, it was Maynard's number. Okay, number 13 <laughs> is the least used oh, by Jet. Number wow. 13. And check this out. He was the first person to use it. And the next person, oh. I don't know why they gave they let this other guy use it. From 1985 to 1986, he was a punter. I don't know if you guys remember him, Dave Jennings. No. He used to punt for the for Giants. Time. He was a long-time punter for the Giants. He punted there for like, I don't know, 15 years or whatever it was. But then he came to the Jets for a couple of years. Why they let him use number 13, I I, I wanted, I should have did a little bit more research on that. But anyway, so Maynard and Jennings are the only guys to be that used the number 13 for the Jets. Interesting. Wow. Pretty cool, That's, right? Yeah, that is very. pretty cool. And a couple other numbers that we used very little, only four times. The number 90, and we know number 90 is retired by – who was the last person to win number 90? One of our defensive players, defensive tackle. Very good. Right. <laughs> it's not yeah, good. that's what I was thinking. <laughs> good guess. <laughs> yeah. Come on. I am brilliant. Inspirational, an inspiration. Wasn't it? Wasn't it Pua, whatever his name is? There, the big. No, I think he was ninety-one. Yeah, he. Yeah. Was somebody who was inspirational. He was an inspirational. Why? Why they retire this guy's number? Man, you see, he died see, two years ago. Actually, that's why we missed Danda. Oh, I know. Yeah, I, I think he. I think he'd get this. This isn't that. He bad. Yeah, he would. He it. would definitely get it. Yeah. Okay, it was Bird. Wasn't Gassino that number? Oh, it was it was Bird. You remember Dennis Bird, right? Yes. Remember oh, Gass yeah, he passed away. Yeah. Oh man. So oh. that number was only used four wow. times in the whole uh franchise history of the Jets. That's and another crazy. number not used that much was the was only used five times, and the, the number is number 59. And the last person to use it. Used it from 1984 to 1996. He was a linebacker. 1984 to 96. Yeah, pretty good one too. 96, 12 years. 96, linebacker. Number 59. It's only been used five times, and he was the last that, person. That name, that that number, really rings rings a bell. But I can't. I, for some reason, I can't remember I the think, name. And of I think guy. it's amazing that nobody's used it since then, too. I mean, it's not retired or anything, and I don't think it's because of that. It's because he was he was just a pretty good ball player, but he wasn't, you know. I think I, I – uh... His name was Kyle Clifton. Oh. Wow. I should have gotten that. From the past. Yeah, I should have gotten that. I, 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 I just couldn't say the name for some reason. It just couldn't come out. Aww. I could have gotten. I should have gotten right, that so one. We that was that probably one of the ones I should have gotten. Only that. 
<laughs> you got All me, right, man. So let's you go to me. the other extreme. What do you think is the most popular number or the most used number by the Jets? Five. No. No. Oh, wow. Okay. Seven. <laughs> no. Think of a. Uh, think of a running back. Pretty smart in his number. I was just think thinking of, that myself. No. Think of somebody who disappointed us recently. Lavian ah, Bell. There you go. <laughs> number 26 has yeah. been 30 different times for the Jets in there. Yeesh. What's their wow. love with number 26? Let's stop using that then. <laughs> well, <laughs> stop giving Kevin, it Campbell, Kevin Campbell's using it, so I don't know if that's a good omen or not, but uh -oh. that's so there you go. I mean, I mean, uh. <laughs> no, I know. I, I, I still can't believe the number 13 was only used twice. I still can't believe that, but yeah, um, that's odd. Yeah, because my first guess before I did, I'm like, it's got to be Namath, right? Because Namath, that's was, yeah, because nobody used it after him, and I figured you know that was so long ago, but a few guys used it before he got there. So, um, yeah. our next. Uh, we usually do Panda's Bamboo Shack, and since he's not here, I don't think it's right that we do it. Yeah. So yeah, nobody lives in a bamboo shack. Yeah, only Panda so, does. Yeah, he can only he can only talk on that. So yes. So <laughs> we're gonna have to we'll go right into Krista's two minute warning. Let's do Yay. it. Uh, hold on a second. Let me get my timer here, so we know. <laughs> We have to oh, time. Yeah. Otherwise, you'll be you'll do it all night. If you're wearing a if you're wearing a toupee, tie it down. If you're wearing a wig, <laughs> hold it down. <laughs> so, okay. and we already got a preview of this, so we know where oh, it's going to go. <laughs> so oh, anyway, go ahead, Kristen. Whenever you're ready. All right, I am ready to talk about dumbass articles during the off season. Are you ready? Yeah, go. Ahead, go. Okay, my dumbass article. First of all, probably fucking fried. Need to stop writing dumb articles about Mark Sanchez because if you're writing about Mark Sanchez, you're obviously not watching football because I would argue he's one of our better picks. Now the Bleacher Report wanting to write about Carl Lawson being the riskiest pick for the Jets like they haven't seen us struggle with pass rushers. I don't know what Bleacher Report's writing either. Or that other site, Pro Football Network, wherever the fuck they want to call themselves, bashing on Corey <laughs> Davis, saying that he's the most overrated uh, signing. Like, have you seen Corey Davis trending up and they're using Derrick Henry running? I don't know what these guys are doing. It's like they're all in the pool saying, oh, let's see who can compete to write the most outlandish takes. And these takes are so terrible when I read them. I don't even feel like reading halfway through the articles because it's just so stupid, so dumb. Especially, like, I expect it from probably fucking Fry because they, they do with their fancy <laughs> analytics and they hide behind a computer. But Pro Football Network with their stupid take with uh, Carl Lawson. What? What? Like, I don't know what. Like, you, like you haven't seen a death struggle pass. But the only risk you take with Carl Lawson is that other teams have to hide their opposing quarterback because we finally have a pass rusher. And as far as the Corey Davis take, please go watch him and go watch the Titans offense. Like you haven't seen Corey Davis improving and he's young and haven't seen a Derrick Henry run down the middle. 
I'm tired of terrible takes. If you're going to go write an article, please educate yourself on debt knowledge or I'm going to call you out on Twitter and I will personally at you at your writers and ask them to please do your research because I'm tired of your dumbass take. <laughs> All right. Damn. Hey. Uh, nice. Actually beat the time. Good job. To yeah, you did. That was good. And and I will and I will add a little bit to your runt with the bullshit about Corey Davis and an oversight. Wait, did he just happened to run an offense where uh they love using flood concepts and they love using mm-hmm. over routes and and he was very good at it. And he just happened to come to an offense where they love flooding zones and they love running over concept. I mean, there shouldn't be a correlation, right? I don't get it. It's ridiculous. I mean, it's just a ridiculous yeah. take. If you know, if you know anything about football, you would know that he just fits what the Jets are going to exactly. do. That's why. <laughs> aye, aye, aye. <laughs> yeah, no, it's. I I also read one that Carl Lawson was the uh, the biggest gamble. Riskiest signing. Right, yeah. riskiest signing. How is that a risky signing? I, I, I think what they're doing. I think, I think what they're doing when they put that out there is it's all analytical based, right? Like they're not exactly. They're not comparing the analytics with the film, with the eye test, is what you should be doing, yeah. right? Like right. just because a just because a computer tells you that maybe his pressure rate isn't as good as some other high elite pass rushers in the league, doesn't mean he's not going to get to the quarterback, right? Like they they need they need to have that fine balance, and there's just too much analytics. You can have too much analytics, exactly. not enough analytics, and they need to find that fine balance, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. Pressure rate. Right. That's that's mm-hmm. how you measure a football player. You out of your damn mind. If, if pressure rate is the reason why you I mean, just watch the guy. I mean, on a, any given Sunday, he will harass the hell out of your left tackle. Mm-hmm. I mean, frustrate the hell out of uh, that. There, there, there's film out there of um, um Chris. Who, who's the Eagles left tackle? What's his name? Oh, Fletcher Cox? Left tackle. Oh, ta- I think you meant tackle, defensive tackle. Left tackle, um, what's his name? It was Peters last year, wasn't it? Or did he move to right? Last no, before year? Peters. Before, yeah, Peters, it was it was somebody else because Peters oh, was on um, the house, didn't it? Was? Yeah, he got um. Was it Dylan? Dillard. Was it right? Dylan? Dillard, Dillard, though, something like that. Yeah. Dillard, their, their yeah. first round pick from uh, yeah. Utah or something. Yeah, I, whoever it was. Mm-hmm. Go watch the film. That poor kid oh, he probably did not want to be there. He did not want to be there. <laughs> yeah. He didn't want to play. He didn't want to play against him. And and it didn't matter if it was if he was he kept just harassing him, harassing the left guard. It didn't matter who was in front of him. He just kept harassing people all game long. And you like and to, your statistics and like won't Lawson's tell you that. Credit, right? Like the man played on shitty football teams. Not to mm-hmm. mention he was coached with yeah. Zach Taylor. Like the man's going to be gone in two to three years, max. If he right. survives two years, I will be I'll, – I'll be shocked if he lasts two years there. He, he sucks. Well, what, I mean, well, you're under hey. what, Sean McVay, and because you had a little bit of success under him, he must be good. He comes mm-hmm. off the Sean McVay tree. And I'm sick yes, and tired sir. of hearing – I'm sick and tired of hearing these trees. It's completely ridiculous. Like, yeah. Just because you were under someone who's great doesn't make you great. He got that nope. job, and I just shook my head. I'm like, yeah. this guy's going to sink this shit. I think in the – I, I think in the article it also said that he he led or he was like second or third in the league in quarterback hits with like twenty. Yes, he was right. Yeah. So yeah, he how plays actually well on a bad team. That yeah. tells you something. Right. The guy has a mortar, right? And he's he's hungry. Mm-hmm. He's gonna be great. 
and think about the the line he's going to be working with now. The line and the scheme, <laughs> right? Yeah. Instead of he, oh. he does not, he, all of a sudden his defensive tackles, the guys playing next to him, are not going to be playing two gapping. They won't be two gapping. They wouldn't have to be protecting themselves. They're just playing attack football. What do you do if you're outside? Let's say, let's say for for sake of argument, he's playing wide nine, and his and his the, the nearest defensive tackle to him instead of trying to play both or both gaps, let's just go in the field. All of a sudden, everybody has to commit to the nearest threat, which is what you what you do in playing offensive line. And what would that do? Create a freaking huge hole for probably one of the fastest edge rushes in the NFL. Yeah. Right. Really? <laughs> really? You know what's going to be exciting is to see unlocked in this defense because he actually has a coach now is Quinnen Williams to see what he does this year. Oh my like God. this guy could take Animal. it. This guy could take it to a whole yeah. other level. Whole other level. The only thing that's going to stop Lawson and and basically the whole defensive line is going to be any kind of injury. Outside yeah. of an injury, if everybody stays healthy, this is going to be one of the best defensive lines in football. And Guys, I think they're and, and, they might even be able to overcome an injury or two. Like, yeah, and this is what I'm saying. You're talking about somebody, uh, another guy, another guy people are not talking about is Sheldon Rankins. Yes, right. Sheldon Rankins yeah. has injured, has been injured, and probably that's the reason why nobody wants to talk about what he does on the field. But I'm sorry if you watch this guy play, that guy is very scary, especially when you pair him with the interior players that the Jets have. I mean, what are you doing? What What are you going to do? John John Franklin Myers is ridiculously quick in mm-hmm. short in short areas. Then you take Sheldon Rankins that has not only the power but the quickness of a JFM, and then you take <laughs> Quinn and Williams, who mm-hmm. is again somebody ranked him. They ranked him in. They ranked him. They did not rank him in the top ten in defensive play. Whatever oh, the hell, most on. ridiculous thing. Oh yeah, <laughs> no, I mean. I mean, some of the I've seen some of the best centers and combination guards and centers in the NFL try to block Quinn and Williams, and he made them look like idiots. And he's yeah, not he only even draws double teams a little. He only draws double teams almost every other play. No big deal, right? Like, no one talks about he, Vinny Curry too. Like that guy is a situation. Oh yeah, oh, yeah oh he's gonna have God. an effect on it. He's, he's actually oh. gonna have an effect on games. And especially Guys. if he doesn't have to play every down, you know, you're going to keep that's right. You're going to keep yeah. a good rotation going. It's yeah. And this is yeah. why, and this is, and to me, that's why the argument is not the line. And I, I don't care what anybody says. The line is going to be what it's going to be. The argument is going to be the second level. Because if I know, we know what, what, uh, what our middle linebacker is going to do. We know he's, and people, for, I know he hasn't played football in a while. Up here, one of the best football players we've seen in a long time. Physically, we don't know what he's going to be because he hasn't played football in almost two years. But we know up here, he's one of the yeah. best footballs we, football players we've ever seen. Couple that with some young talent around him, which we don't know what they're going to be. And that's mm-hmm. where the question mark starts for me. I know that the, the corners are bad. I know that. But if you, you could supplement good corner play with very good pass rush. My problem is what we could do, what we could do on the second level, because teams could live yeah. like teams could take advantage of you 
at your linebacker position if you can especially the way teams like to run mesh concepts and stuff i mean come on man they they could humiliate the crap out of your defense what the what what i'm really worried about is the linebackers and and what they could do you know that's um, that's that's going to be the huge problem this year right those yeah. a lot of teams are going to throw a lot of two tight end sets and guess what our fucking friends over there in in uh boston they there we two go great tight ends yeah, so they're, yes, they're gonna they're gonna tight end the Jets to death, and they're gonna force them to cover. Yeah, they can't cover. Yep. They're just gonna live right there, and they don't care about the outside, right? So and cover and coverage is more about and coverage is not just about speed, because you have to know what you're watching. You have even if you have the speed to run to a spot, if you don't understand where to run, what does what's the point? <laughs> right. <laughs> you, 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 know, know, you gotta trust Sala, right? Like Robert Sala, you gotta trust yes. him to an extent. He's gonna figure yes. it and out. That's, and like, yeah, is he gonna, are they gonna right jam there. them at the line? They're gonna get hands on, and that might be their yep. only chance with the guys they have currently. I don't know. We don't know. Like you said, right? CJ Mosley's a big question mark, and if physically he's there, yeah, he should be fine mm. to cover one of them. But we need someone else to cover the other side. And yeah, and it's it's gonna be interesting yeah. to watch to see how they scheme around Definitely. that, right? And yeah, and and and, you know, and I think. Yeah, I'm sorry Sorry to cut you off, but because I just want to make a point about what you just said about Robert Sala. And this is, to me, that's the good, the the um, the glue that would bind our hope of what that, that defense could do and what they could actually be. Because I think, I think his history with coaching great linebackers, he, I mean, come on, man, you just mentioned the names um, that he's coached in, into being very good players. Um, I'm like I'm I'm a big fan of 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 Nazareel Dean, um, because yeah. I think I thought if he didn't get injured in college, I thought when he he could have came out last year and be a really high end pick, because the way this kid was trending in college is was ridiculous, he, you know, and and if he didn't get injured, I think he would have been drafted high, so I think he he's a pretty talented player, and the other kid, the kid they drafted before him, um, forget sure his name, would. the other. Sherwood, I might I, I question that pick because of because of his athleticism because he's not that athletic, but what what he does not have in athleticism he really makes up with the football IQ. He has a very high football IQ and gives Salah that kind of talent and he might be able to turn some make some magic and 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 that's that's why I wanted to really make a point of what you said about Salah really. He could really turn these guys into something, but we still don't know. We don't know. Davis talking about the linebacker in the second level. Like Davis is an interest is intriguing. Yes, what's going to happen with him? Like he's got all the athleticism. He, he's he's good. He's you know he's instinctual. We'll see what happens. But that one, I'm curious to see how this how he goes along. If his playing time yeah. increases, if he's becomes dependable. Because if he does, it'll help out everything. Obviously, you know the, the front end will yes, do sir. what they need to do, and with the zone scheme that they're going to run. It's going to help the corners because they don't have to man up all the time and worry about getting beat deep on a 50-yard bomb because my personal opinion on the whole season, I, I don't think quarterbacks are going to have that much time. The Jets, you know, no. like, that, that's what Salah likes to do. He likes to get home, yeah. put pressure on them, and then his corners hold up. Because you look in San Francisco, like, there were good corners, but there was no one where you wrote home about and said, that guy is an all-pro. No. You know, right. like, and I think so he, I think, he made it work with guys that were mediocre, maybe a little above average, but they weren't exceptional. Where you were like, "Yep, they can just play man on the outside, and then he can scheme around that." You know, like kind of like I, Rex did. He didn't have that. Uh, so especially last year, Revis or anything. Last year like had that, a lot so. of injuries to his stars. Yeah. Like Boza was out, and a couple other guys were out, and they still were 
pretty good defense most of the year. So I think I think I think what you guys are just saying it kind of leads to my next point. Um, Salah all of a sudden last year played more quarters coverage than almost any team in the NFL. What is the most the simplest? I'm not that it's simple in any way, but the simplest coverage scheme to teach a rookie quarters coverage. It's very simple. Um, you don't have to zone. Um, um, you're not covering a you covering a smaller area as a corner, so you not you're not worried about be, your behind you. Uh, you know that no matter what, there's gonna be somebody behind you because quarters coverage literally it's almost like having three safeties behind you. So it's like you know, okay, to explain what quarters coverage is, um. Two, two safeties is, is like halves, right? It's the half of field. Each safety is honoring a half of the field. Three safeties is thirds. Each safety honors a third of the field. Well, quarters coverage is just um, a, 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 a subtraction of that. It, it goes down to quarters. So there's four players doing four sides of the field. What that does is make tightens things up. Linebackers literally have to just run east and west they don't have to drop too far back because the guys behind them are covering quarters of the field so they spread out a little bit more evenly behind them making it an easier read for play of course it has its downsides um like uh you know running running a lot of crosses and stuff like that and slants and stuff like that it's kind of uh but you could all you could do stuff out of that to fix it of course but I think there's a reason why Salah did that a lot. He did that because I think he was trying to make up for all the injuries he had. And it, it worked out, like Chris just said. You know, you did not see them get beat a lot. Um, and they still ended up playing really well, you know. So So anyway, that was uh, – let's go to our final thoughts, if anybody has any. Krista, do you have any final thoughts for tonight? No big I rant. Uh, easy, easy. What? My final thought is please please be knowledgeable when you post articles online. I'm very sick of writing these, reading these stupid nonsense articles. Please be smart. I read them, and I'm going to come after you if you say something dumb like Mark Sanchez has been the worst pick from the Jets since 2006. See, that's, that's good. See, Kristen, no warning. yelling, no cursing, just a <laughs> warning. It's just tough. Be smart. Really That's tough. all. Okay. Very nice. It's, it's really tough. And wow. um, please, leave, uh, please, um, yeah, please leave Lisa Wilson alone. I mean, I joke around with her about <laughs> not being a dick today, but she's going to do her thing as long as, like you guys said, as long as she's not affecting the football field, just let the girl be. Let her live her life. Let her wake. She, she motivates me to wake up at 6 a.m. Even though I don't, I say I like tweeting at Nick Bull's door in that time. So maybe I can take <laughs> some advice from her to wake up at 6 a.m. So I can go tweet at my buddy Nick Bull's and uh, enjoy the off season and go Jets. There you go. Phil, you got anything? Final thoughts? Oh, you man, be- you're. Yeah, we can't hear you. We can't hear you. We can't hear you. <laughs> we can't hear you. Oh, sorry. I must have hit the uh, the mute button there, guys. Sorry. That's all right. Go ahead. Go for it. No, I just said I enjoyed all this, guys. I like breaking this stuff down, and I'm glad I could provide you with a little bit of 
help with your bets and looking forward to giving you guys some more. Yeah, no, absolutely. You have me back. I'll definitely bring up some more and maybe get into some sharper books and a little more Mm -hmm. terminology and try not to bore too many people with the data mining. No, this is cool. We'll get get into the analytics a little bit and maybe give some people a sneak peek of some of the analytics I look after because, like I said, you don't want to data mine yourself into, you know, six feet in the ground because you looked into too much stats. I'll try and help people out with some of the stuff I use for bets, and that's about it. Pretty cool. cool. Pretty cool. Carmen, you got anything? Uh, I think I, I'm I'm gonna um, lean a little bit to the side of what Krista said um, because there's way too much information out there. Yeah. Um, so for um, for people to be uh, saying some of the things they say and. I'm also talking to Jets fans a little bit. Um, we need to stop paying attention to some of this stuff. Um, a lot of there's so much positivity going on at one Jets drive right now. Um, everybody trying to bait us into having an argument over some stupidity when we know that things are going so well for us right now. I mean, even if it's all on paper, I do not care, mm-hmm. especially after the way last yep. year went. I will take paper. That's all yep. I'm. That's all I'm saying. Um, exactly. So. So I will live in my moment and enjoy the fact that my team has some semblance of a, a, a plan going towards the season and talent. Yes. I love it. For the first we time have talent a for a long time. There's talent at one Jets drive. And you know what? Nobody from no network, even if it's called uh, whatever Krista calls them, fried something, <laughs> um, they they not you know they're not they're not gonna make me feel bad about what I feel about the Jets. Like Chris has said, go Jets. That's it. And you know what? I'll I'll just keep the the be smart uh, thing going here. You know what? Not just the writers, but us Jet fans got to be smart too. Mm-hmm. You know, like don't don't buy into this crap. They have no idea. It's just lazy writing. You know, they're almost like trolls on on social media. So we just got to be smarter too. You know what? And whenever these guys write some stupid stuff, you know what? Keep an eye, just try to remember their names, you know, like, because I'm sure the team is remembering these guys. So we should remember them too. So when we start rolling and getting in, the, in you know, we when we start winning some games and proving a lot of people wrong, we'll let them know, you know, we'll let them know that they weren't so smart in what they said. So anyway, we had a great show. Phil, thanks again for joining us. Hopefully you'll be yeah, joining absolutely. us. And, uh, Go Jets. Have a good weekend, everybody. Cheers.